Good morning, everyone. It's great to see you again for our weekly learning of Living with Amuna, our weekly uh, support group of Living with Amuna, reminding ourselves of Hashem's role in our lives, that nothing that happens is random or chance, but it's by design and from above. It is what's best for us, even when it doesn't feel that way. And the serenity, the peace that can provide, it doesn't mean that we don't have things that we, have to, morning, battle, that we have to battle and fight. It means we have things that we have to get through, but while we're doing it, we do so with the confidence and the calmness of knowing it's the way it was meant to be. I want to thank uh, profusely, we have many sponsors this morning, Dr. Zavi and Bella Morgan, who sponsored the series for the entire year in memory of our dear friend Brian Gabbett, Baruch Zibin Ruvein Nassan. We're very grateful to the Morgans. Thank you so, so much. Also, this uh, class is sponsored by Sal and Leslie Abadie in honor of their children, Joey and Marissa, and their expected baby. Should be healthy and give them a lot, a lot of nachas, please God, for many, many years to come. Also, I uh, want to thank Caroline and Daniel Katz, who sponsored this morning's Amunashir. Rafu Shlema for Caroline's amazing mom, Irene Kat, Yehudit Bat Sophia. Should have a Rafu Shlema, quick, speedy, and complete recovery. Please, God, displaying her wonderful Amuna. And also a thank you to Ellie Walden, sponsored Mother's Yurtzeit, Chava Devora Yuta, Bas Yosef Yehuda. Neshama should have an Aliyah. Thank you, all of our generous sponsors. Our learning of Amuna, and I have to say, much more significant than our learning of Amuna is our living with Amuna, please God. The lessons that we'll draw, the lessons that we'll learn and take with us, and the Amuna, please God, that we'll practice should be in the merit and the memory of all those for whom this morning is sponsored. We are continuing our study of the beautiful essay by Rav Schwartz, Rav Itamar Schwartz, the author of the Belvavi, Daz Bezchonecha, Know Your Bitachon, that, again, we've been developing this theme now for several months. The idea that there's an internal self and external self. The idea that on the outside, we battle from we wake up till we fall asleep at night. We're battling to wake up. We're battling what to say, what to wear, where to go, how to be, how what to eat. We're battling, 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 battling to earn a living, battling to stay healthy, battling to have relationships that are meaningful and functional and wonderful. <clears throat> we're battling from when we wake up until we fall asleep. However, internally, if we're living with Emunah Bitachon, if we're tapping into and touching the Tzalem Elohim, the godly spark, the best version of ourselves, then we know that everything that happens is happening the way it was meant to happen, and it brings out the best, <clears throat> excuse me, the best of us. We left off last time with uh, this beautiful analysis of an amazing Gemara. The Gemara talks about a great rabbi who runs into one of his disciples, one of his students, and sees that that student is afraid, is filled with anxiety, worry, and fear of what will be, of what's not in his control. And he turns to that student and he says to that student, I see that you have hate. I see that you've made mistakes. Again, not sin, but mistakes. And we asked, what does that mean? Isn't it natural and normal? You're living in a crazy time for people to be worried, afraid, fearful, unsure, uncertain, to, be, to ascribe blame. Such a person's living with hate. And we developed the notion, Schwartz developed the notion, that what it means is when we make a mistake, we've opened the door, we've created a malach of chavala. We've created an angel of destruction. I'm not going to go through the whole example again. I actually got phone calls from people who told me that Trader Joe's corn chips are their kryptonite too. I felt very validated. Um, wonderful to hear. Actually, the person called me to tell me that because of the, my kryptonite, they tasted the Trader Joe's corn chips, and in fact, taka, they are delicious. So I get a commission now from Trader Joe's. Not. But anyway, so what happens? So when you have no temptation, when you realize that you're not going to put that poison in your body, when you'd never eat something that has no nutritional benefit or value, you're in a great place. There's no worry. You're in the zone. Then the first time you give in late at night, you eat a couple corn chips, next thing you know, you finish it all bad, you have a hate, you made a mistake. You've created a malach of chavala. And what happened? Because the next day, the scale didn't explode. The scale didn't break. It didn't blow up. End up saying to yourself, clearly it's not so bad. 
Clearly, it's not such a disaster, it's not so terrible. You've created a malach of chavala that you now have to contend with and that you now have to overcome. So chait, the very mistakes that we make, the battles we lose, become the new enemy that we face, trying to convince us that we're unworthy, we're incapable, we're incompetent, trying to convince us that there's no point, we're not going to win anyway. So the person who walks around and says, how am I going to win the battle? How am I going to overcome and triumph? How will I make it out on the other side? How will I come out okay? Such a person obviously has made a mistake that they now need to contend with. But the person, the more that we can remain pure, the more that we can remain holy, the more we can remain above the mistakes, then the less feeling we'll have of confronting enemies and battling from without. That was what we talked about all we talked about last side. So we pick up. It's very important, says Rav Schwartz, to go back and to clarify, to emphasize. We've been talking about, constantly, for weeks, for months now, we've been talking about the fact that there are two perspectives we bring to life. Think about it. It's 8.50 a.m. this morning. So far, what did we battle with? The sun, the heat, the humidity, davening, battled with getting out of bed, having gone to sleep so late at night, so exhausted, not even a good... Rest, restful sleep, battled with eating the wrong things for breakfast that would be unhealthy, battled with my computer deciding it had to download all of its updates exactly when I was supposed to teach and becoming inaccessible to be broadcast the, the total lessons I wanted to share. Battle, 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 battle. It's 8.45 in the morning and I'm already exhausted. There's the external existence, the external self, the external fights and battles that we go through as a natural, literally a natural part of every single day. So there's the external, I've made mistakes, I've given birth to malachai chavala, to angels of destruction. I said the wrong thing, looked at the wrong thing, ate the wrong thing, went the wrong place, let my mind wander during Dav. I've made mistakes. And those mistakes breed, those mistakes give birth to the fear of future mistakes. That's the external self. But we also have bitachon penimis, He's emphasized this a few times, and therefore so do we. One should not think that what we're saying is that the external sense of self is not true, is fake, is counterfeit, isn't real. These are real battles. Your computer not cooperating is a battle. It's frustrating. Technology is the greatest gift and the greatest curse. When it all works out well, there's nothing better. And when you have a virus or it shuts down or it locks up or you have a problem with it, it's the, there's the bane of your existence. These battles are very, very real. They're frustrating, they're disappointing, they're difficult. These external battles are very, very real battles. They're not sheker, they're not counterfeit. So don't think, really, I'm supposed to say, oh, I'm so happy my computer froze and I wasn't able to teach. I'm so happy that I gave it and ate those corn chips. I'm so happy that this didn't work out or the other thing didn't work out. No, that's sheker. That's the lie. It's true. These external battles are very, very real. They're both real. They're both true simultaneously. This is actually what I'm going to write my article about, please God, for this week. I have to get to today. I see the great Barbara Frankel is on. Barbara, with the permission of your husband, I hope you went with him. I'm going to share the story of your 50th wedding anniversary, which is impossible because you're only 30 years old, but your 50th wedding anniversary a few years ago. And uh, a very powerful story. There are people with disappointments all around. I'm please God speaking at a small wedding next week. And the Kala said to me, she said, respectfully, she said, Rabbi, do me a favor. I said, what? She said, please don't say how perfect COVID is or how wonderful or how much this is meant to be because it stinks. 
And I said, I would never say that. I appreciate her concern that I would. I would never have said that. But she's 100% right. Externally, you can say, I'm really disappointed. This is not the way I wanted it. This is my letter to graduates. Graduates are graduating, and this isn't the graduation that they worked so hard to achieve, be it eighth grade or four years of high school, college, graduate school. They didn't work this hard to have this kind of muted graduation, this compromised graduation. So whether it's the simcha, the graduation, or my mother-in-law who right now is sitting shiva, but only in her driveway, spaced a few people, Zoom, who thought that she would honor her mother's memory in such a, a compromised fashion? That, that chitzonius, those battles of having to accept, the battles of having to cooperate with disappointing versions of the way life is being led right now, they're very real. And if you say to that kala, or you say to that aval, or you say to that graduate, no, you should listen to my amunashir. That's the way it's meant to be. This is perfect. It's fantastic. It's excited. You should be dancing the kazatska. This is amazing. They'll look at you like you're crazy, and you are crazy. These are very real battles. It's not sheker. It's not false or counterfeit to say that it's disappointing, it's frustrating, and it's difficult. It's also not inaccurate. It's also not a lie to say that it is all from Hashem. It's the way it's meant to be, and this isn't the end of the story. You'll hear the Frankel story, that even when the wedding isn't the way you wanted, even if it takes 50 years later, you can have an event that is really, can't replace, but is, is like a wedding. So it, they're both true simultaneously. You can have two truths. You can have two truths. Our country is forgetting that. Most people are forgetting that. There's a notion of nuance and simultaneous truths. You can hold two truths simultaneously. Even when they see they're competing, you're able to hold two truths simultaneously. They're not mutually exclusive, be it issues of the day and be it on the issue of emuna. So we shouldn't be dismissive or callous or marginalized or make the person who's disappointed, frustrated or hurt feel bad for feeling that way. It's a very real battle that they're battling, that they're facing, that they're facing. On the other hand, it's also true that the panemius, that the best version of themselves, is able to simultaneously say, I'm disappointed, but I accept it. I'm disappointed, but I submit to Hashem. I'm disappointed, but I also am not going to lose my calm and my cool, give up my peace and my serenity, because I do accept that it comes from above. These are two truths simultaneously. One is external, and the other is internal. And this is not a new insight. This is an insight that is part of the very fabric of our tradition. Listen to this beautiful idea. The great Yaakov Avinu, our great patriarch Yaakov, had two names. He had two names. Yaakov the Israel, two names. Yaakov Hashem v'yado chazes ba'akev Esav. Yaakov he got the name Yaakov because he shared a womb with his twin brother, who emerged first, and Yaakov was grabbing onto his foot, to his heel. V'Yisrael Hashem kisarisem elokim ve'imanashim atuchal, and he gains the name Yisrael. Yisrael is a name for he battled with God and with men, and he triumphed. Atuchal, he walked away. As an aside, parenthetically. It's a peculiar name to give Yaakov. You should give him the name Vatuchal. We should be Bnei Vatuchal. Why are we Bnei Yisrael Ki Sarisa? Sarisa means you battled. Vatuchal means you won. Wouldn't you want to name his progeny? Wouldn't you want to name his people and his nation? You won. Why are we named in perpetuity after the fact that he battled? Which is a lesson into itself. But Soloveitchik says, if you look carefully at that section, what do Yaakov and the angel battle about? What are they fighting about? Are they fighting about gun control, abortion, race relations, economy, taxation, peace plan, how to, how to open up, 
COVID rephasing, re-entry, what were they fighting about? Most people fight, most nations fight about money, people fight about women, people fight about power, people fight about stature. What were they fighting about? The Torah is ambiguous and never tells us, and Rabbi Soloveitchik says it's by design. Because what was not important was what they were fighting about. What was important is that Yaakov was battling. He didn't give up. He was trying to overcome, he was aspiring, he was reaching, he was stretching, he was trying to grow. And that's why we're not named Vatuchal, that we won. We're named Kisarisa, Yisrael. We are a people that never give up and never give in. We don't forfeit or concede the battle. You ate the corn chips one night, Baruch Hashem, since then, I haven't gone back. Vatuchal, Kisarisa. You can, you can stay part of the battle and you can win. Klomar, says Rav Schwartz. Unlike Avram, whose name was also changed, Avram is introduced to us without the hey. He's Avram. And then Hashem changes his name and gives him a hey. He throws in a hey for free. Avram, can I have a hey, HaKadosh Baruch Hu? And Hashem says yes, gives him the hey. He goes from Avram to Avraham. And the Gemara in Brachos tells us that once his name was changed, we are forbidden for referring to him by the previous name. His name changed, his identity changed, and he became a new person. So Avram became Avraham forever. Ever. He doesn't maintain both names simultaneously. He only now has one name. It's Avraham. It supplants. It replaces the name earlier. Avram over Baasei. You violate a prohibition. When it comes to our great patriarch Yaakov, it's not true. Even after Yaakov's name is changed, nevertheless, it doesn't supplant, it doesn't replace. Now he has two names. Ooh, two names. Yaakov and Yisrael. I don't know which one he wrote when he took the SATs, but Yaakov and Yisrael. Now he has two names. Avram became Avraham. It changed altogether. He had no hesitation what name to put in his SAT form. But Yaakov had a hesitation because Yaakov now has two names simultaneously. He's both Yaakov and Yisrael. What's going on? Hasiba ha'amuka lekach. The very deep, profound, beautiful reason. Because even after Yaakov achieves this higher, more elevated, exalted level. Even after Yaakov taps into a piece of himself that he realizes his ability to be Yisrael, What does it mean that he was Yaakov and Yisrael simultaneously? It means the external self and the internal self. The external battling, the holding on to the heel, the external that would have to still fight and confront an Esav, that would still have attempts to exterminate and eliminate, that would still have voices of inadequacy and insecurity, that's a Yaakov. The Yisrael is the best version of himself. It's himself, it's when he's running on all cylinders. It's when he realizes, I'm a Tzelem Lakim, I'm God, I'm the peace of God in me. There's a harmony to the universe and everything that happens, happens the way it's meant to be. And I'm never afraid and I'm never worried and I'm never anxious and I'm never disappointed, I'm never upset. I'm able to simply accept and go with the flow and roll with the punches. And I'm able to experience a menuchas nefesh, a calm and a peace. There's a Yaakov and a Yisrael. It reflects the chitzonius, the panimius, the external, the internal. And we both, we both have Yaakov, and we both have a sense of a Yisrael as well. We have both in us. Shem Yaakov zoi madregas akev. Yaakov is the name heel. The bottom of your foot. 
Bebechinus HaMitzvah Sha'adam Dosh Ba'akvav. These are the mitzvahs. Parshas Ekev. Rashi, the beginning of Parshas Ekev, tells us it's called Parshas Ekev. Ekev Tishmun, it's called Mitzvah Sa'ila. If you listen to all these mitzvahs, Ekev Rashi there says, it means the mitzvahs that you stomp on with your feet. Eh, small, insignificant, minutia. Who cares? Who cares what order I tie my shoes? Who cares if I said the bracha? Who cares if I was so careful about the, the label of the food? Who cares? Who cares? Who cares? Who cares? Hashem cares. It makes a difference to Him, and we should care. So the word Ekev, Yaakov, comes from the heel, the bottom of the foot, what we walk with, what first hits the ground, what we step on. There's the piece of Yaakov, Shema Garam Hachet. When Yaakov is going to reunite with Esav, he's very worried. He turns to Hashem, and he's very worried. And we wonder, the great Yaakov is worried? I don't understand. Yaakov the Isha Emuna, Yaakov the Ish Emes, Yaakov the Bechir Ha'avos, Yaakov was the perfection of the patriarchs, the best of those who come before him. Yaakov, who's sat on the lap and learned from his father Yitzchak and his grandfather Avram, who learned from his mother Rivka and his grandmother Sarah, this Yaakov is worried when he's about to reunite with Esav. Shema Yigro Machet. Where's his Amuna? The answer is, it wasn't Yisrael that was worried. It was Yaakov that was worried. The Yaakov in us worries and is fearful and says, Shema Yigro Machet. I made a mistake before, and maybe that gave birth to a malach havala. Maybe that created an angel of destruction. Maybe my previous mistake and error will enable more, and that I have to worry about. The Yaakov in him was worried about that reunion. However, however, he was at the same time still Yisrael. He fought with the angel of Esav, and he won. The Yisrael in him knows Kisarisa What's the pasuk? I already lost it. Kisarisa The Yisrael in him knows Vatuchal. I can win. I can silence that voice of inadequacy, of insecurity. I can silence that voice of fear, of worry, of uncertainty. I can silence that voice of what will be. Vatuchal. I've been there before. Been there, done that. And Vatuchal, I came out the other side. And Hashem had a plan. And it worked out. And it was the way it was meant to be. There was a tomorrow. There was a 50th anniversary. It was able to happen. Now, it doesn't work that way for everybody. A person's waiting for a test, a diagnosis, whether a treatment has worked. And it doesn't always work out well. It doesn't always work out well. Sometimes there's a tragic end. But that, too, is by design and the way it was meant to be. Then, too, we're able to tap into the Yisrael in us somehow to find the Yisrael in us. There are extraordinary people who in our lifetime experience lost. I'm talking about victims of terror whose family were, were murdered brutally by terrorists. I'm talking about survivors of the Holocaust. I'm talking about people who a fire um, caused the loss of their whole family, who also not only had the Yaakov in them, but they were able to tap into that Yisrael. And they were able to say this was painful and difficult, and I so badly wish it, it weren't. But yet, I believe in Hashem. I believe this wasn't random. I believe somehow, somehow this is the way it was meant to be. So Yaakov, his name is changed, but he retains the name Yaakov because there are both parts within himself and within ourselves. There's the piece of us that's worried. A loved one is in the hospital and sick. We're worried about our parnasa, how are we going to living and pay the bills. We're worried about whether we made the right decision to daven indoors even with the most extreme caution, care, and, and guidelines. We're worried, worried, worried. There's the Yaakov in us. Shema Yigra Machet. I've made mistakes in the past. Maybe my mistakes in the present will negatively influence my future. But then we have to tap into the Israel. We have to take a pause and take a deep breath. I always say, it's not my insight, 
How do you return? We can learn actually because he has a whole essay of Schwartz. The Bavavi has a whole essay about breathing. You'd say there's a Torah of breathing. There's a Torah of breathing. The Torah of deep breaths. The Torah of breathing. It's not just the yogis and the uh, people who do uh, yoga and the uh, mindfulness uh, gurus. They took it from us. They took it from us. The same word, nishima and nishama. Nishima means breath. Nishama is your soul. When you take a deep nishima, when you take a deep breath, you restore your soul. <sighs> Feel free to do it right now with me. In through the nose, out through the mouth. A deep, deep breath. You literally restore your soul. You calm. Feel every muscle in your body loosen up, untense, relax. Let go of the Yaakov and make contact with the Yisrael. Let go of being so anxious and worried and tense, of breathing so shallowly, of blood pressure so raised. Take that deep breath. Let go and let God. Relax your muscles and say, you know what? My loved one is sick. I'm worried about my Parnassa. Are we making the right decisions with guidelines? What will be with corona? How do we improve race issues in this country? Whatever the thing is that's plaguing us, all legitimate things to worry about and to work on to fix, whatever it is. Take the deep breath, restore your soul. The way this, why is Nishima and Nishama the same word? Because how did we get our soul to begin with? The way that we received our soul to begin with, God took some mud, some earth, He fashioned man and He breathed life into him. Chaim Velazhno, the Nefesh Chaim, describes Kabbalistically like a glass blower. The glass blower takes a deep breath in and then inflates the glass with its own breath. So that glass is really an extension. It's really a creation of the artist who blew the glass. Kirsch Baruch Hu was that glass blower. He took a deep breath inside himself, Kiviyachos, so to say, and he breathed life into us. And therefore, when we became living, animated, breathing beings, we carried that. That's how we got the Tzalem Kim inside us. It's his very breath. So we return to the Tzalem Elohim in us, we return to the Yisrael in us, through the way we received it to begin with, we return to the Neshama through a Neshima. We take a deep, deep breath. Kol HaNeshama Tehalaka Halaluka. Don't read a Kol HaNeshama Tehalaka. Don't read it every, with every soul, but Kol HaNeshima. With every breath I see you, God, and I praise you. With every time my lungs are working, with every breath I'm able to take, with every uh, extension I'm able to live, I feel your presence. So when your muscles are tightening and your blood pressure is rising and you're worried about what will be and you're anxious, when the Yaakov in you is screaming, the way to silence him is to take a deep breath, to be calm, to let go of all your muscles. I did yoga for a little bit while, for a little while. My favorite part of it, I had meningitis several years ago. I was in the hospital for eight days. I couldn't get rid of the headaches, nothing, even uh, the strongest drugs. So then I did acupuncture and yoga. And I got rid of the headaches. And to this day, was it was because of the acupuncture and yoga? Maybe. Maybe they were going to be gone anyway. Maybe it was psychosomatic or maybe they worked. I'm very open to the possibility they worked. They were wonderful. But if you've ever done yoga, you know what the best part of yoga is? I don't remember the formal technical name. It's when you lie on the ground afterwards, completely still. Anyone here ever do yoga? Yoga? And you're supposed to picture that you're ice melting into water. And they say, relax your eyebrows and relax your cheek muscles and relax your shoulders, and you relax everything from the top of your head to the bottom of your feet, and usually two minutes in, I was fast asleep, to the great frustration of my yoga teacher, but your ice melting into water, it was the best part of the yoga, it was worth doing the whole yoga, just to be able to get to ice turning into water, melting into water, relax every muscle in your body, at the beginning of yoga, you're tense, you're worried, you're anxious, you're Yaakov, by the end, you're a puddle of Yisrael, you're just a relaxed, sleeping sense, oh, oh, 
corpse pose. Thank you, our, our fact checker is, is in living with Amuna today. The corpse pose. Your ice melting into water and you become, you become Yisrael. You take those deep breaths. Breathing is all about yoga. It's all about relaxing, stretching the muscle while you breathe into it, while you take deep breaths into it. Anyway, it sounds so new age today. So Neo, I hope you'll come back next week. So there's a Yaakov and Yisrael. There's two parts to each and every one of us. We both have that within ourselves. And the question is, which one we're going to express and realize? And they're both true. Is Yaakov a lie? No, God didn't change his name to Yisrael and end up purging the name Yaakov. It was still on his birth certificate. Yaakov's driver's license said both Yaakov and Yisrael. Avraham, his driver's license had to change. He had to re-register his name, his marriage certificate, his birth certificate. It went from Avram to Avraham. But Yaakov has on his driver's license both Yaakov and Yisrael because we all have both of those within ourselves. We are both Yaakov and Yisrael. We are the peace that is Yaakov, that's worried, that's uncertain, that's concerned. And we have the priest that's Yisrael, that's able to have calmness and confidence, that's able to believe vatuchal, that we will get through, that there is a rhyme and reason, that it makes sense. Yaakov is the external, Yisrael is the internal. We could remain in the status of Yaakov, and then we are confronting, battling, and fighting our alter ego our whole lives. And here the alter ego is the ego of panic, of fear, of uncertainty, of anxiety. The Yaakov battles. Those who can rise up, we can elevate ourselves we can realize being a Yisrael, then we are pure from sin, from mistakes. We are vatuchal. We defeat that voice inside ourselves. We have learned to live life that doesn't get frustrated at the red light or the delayed flight or the people around us not cooperating or the children who didn't tuck in their chair or left their toys in the middle of the floor or that dinner wasn't made the time that we wanted or needed it to, thought we needed it to be made or that the dry cleaning wasn't picked up or God forbid that we got bad news about a loved one or God forbid that we realized we were furloughed or laid off. The Yisrael in us knows vatuchal. Go ahead, go for it. Bring it on. Whatever you're going to throw my way, kisarisa, I've battled. Vatuchal, and I've triumphed. The Yaakov in us says, oh, a battle, I'm exhausted. I don't know if I have what it takes. The Yisrael in us says, there's harmony to the universe. There's order, there's meaning, there's purpose to this world. There's a Rebonishal, there's an Almighty. And He loves me and He has my back and He's orchestrating it all. And somehow it's all for a reason. There is no battle, there is no confrontation. I always tell you about our family's uh, WhatsApp, Hashkacha um, Pratis group. And uh, one of my daughters posted in it yesterday, she had ordered shoes online, and they came a while ago, but they were sent the wrong size. And so she looked at them, and they'd been sitting in her room. They were the wrong size. She was frustrated, disappointed. It was annoying. She had to return it, um, get the new size. Anyway, but she put the shoe on to try it just before she sent it back, and it turned out the wrong size for this particular model fit her perfectly. Hashkacha Pratis. If they would have sent her the size she requested, it wouldn't have fit her. They sent her the wrong size, and it wasn't by accident. And so even though her first reaction when she opened the package was to see the size and say, oh, can't they get anything right? And they sent me the wrong one and so annoying and now I got to return it and I got to send it back and I got to order the right one. At first we think, kisarisa, 
I'm battling. This in the scope of things is a very minor battle, unless you have to pay the credit card bill, but it's a very minor battle in the scope of things, in the scheme of things. But you begin by feeling I'm battling and you end by saying, wow, vatuchal, Hashem had a master plan. So again, it means the next time that you get the wrong size shoe, don't jump to lose your cool. It could be it's going to be the wrong size and it could be you're going to have to make your way to return it and order the new one. It could be. It could be. It doesn't always work out with the happy ending that it does when it goes on the Hashgacha Pratis group for the good. Sometimes it's Hashgacha Pratis for the bad. Would you believe I got the wrong size shoe? Maybe I'm not meant to have it, to wear it. Maybe I wasn't meant to have it now. And now I have to go through the pain of whatever it's going to take. That's also, that's also Vatuchal. That's also part of Hashem's master and divine will. That's also part of His providence. That's also part of His, part of his design. Let's just finish this section. God made us straight. He made us honest with integrity. He made everything clear. Since Adam introduced to the world the notion of the mistake of negligence, the notion, the notion of dismissing Hashem's will. So before the chait, we talked about going back to the garden. A few weeks ago, that was the title of our shir, of living with Amuna, of trying to get back in the garden together. Life in the garden was perfect. Before Adam made this chait, before he invented this malach before he fell short, life was fairly straightforward. You did what you had to do, and it was all provided for you, and you saw Hashem everywhere. But once he made that mistake, he introduced the Yaakov. The image of Yaakov Avinu, which is paralleled or formed from the image of Adam Arishon, is engraved on the Kisei HaKavod, on the divine chariot in the sky, because that's how we repair. We repair for the first mistake Adam Arishon made by having to live with the Yaakov in us. The name Yisrael includes the word Yashar. We're trying to get back to a place of Yashar in Israel. Yashar, Yashar. What are directions? doesn't matter where you're going. The answer is Yashar, Yashar. We are meant to be Yashar, to just be straight. Don't make convoluted cheshbonos. Hashem, if you this, then you that, and I want it this way, and a cheshben, Yashar. Keep it straight. Keep it simple. V'mkein ha'adam la'olam b'tznu'a b'in shnei madregos. Mechad v'ya'avik ishimo. On the one hand, we're wrestling, we're battling, and we get injured, like Yaakov did in his hip, in his sciatic nerve. But on the other hand, our, our main name is Yisrael, B'nai Yisrael. We're not B'nai Yaakov or B'nai Yisrael. Because true, we all have the Yaakov in us. But the best version of ourselves is the Yisrael. So therefore, we are in perpetuity not called B'nai Yaakov, but we are B'nai Yisrael. I'll just end with a metaphor that just came to me. You, you ever fly? Remember when we used to go on an airplane? Mir again soon. So when you fly, you ever remember the, the plane hits some turbulence? And what does the captain do? The captain says, uh, excuse me, this is uh, your captain speaking up here. I'm coming from the cockpit. And uh, I want to let you know we've hit some turbulence. And I'm going to take us up to uh, 35,000 feet because I can see on the radar that at 35,000 feet there's no turbulence. So we're going to go up above the cloud and the bad weather because by rising up above it, we're going to be able to transcend the turbulence. So you can fly. You can travel through life. You can fly in the area that there's turbulence. Or you could rise above it. And you can get above the turbulence where it's clear flying. That's Yaakov versus Israel. A Yaakov life is a turbulent life. 
A Yaakov life is a turbulent. It's battling, it's fighting, it's struggling. A Yisrael life is flying above the clouds, above the inclement weather. It's being able to rise above it. So, Mitzvah Shem, we should all be zochah to achieve and reach the Yisrael in all of us. If you're watching on YouTube live, please subscribe. Even if you're not, please subscribe. Tonight, behind the beam at 9 p.m., you can listen to previous episodes on podcast players everywhere. Got an email today that we're getting ranked on Jewish topics in uh, an Apple podcast. We're climbing the ladder. Tonight's guest, Aaron Cutler, the CEO of Beis Medrash Gavod, the Lakewood Yeshiva. A fascinating discussion we're going to have at 9 p.m. Be sure to join us behind the beam. You can find all the old episodes and watch live, follow live. 9 p.m. tonight. Have a fantastic day.